right, let's get it. Welcome, everybody, to the inaugural episode of the Snow Jobs Podcast. My name is Steve, and I'm the snow professional from New York, and I'd like to introduce you to my partner in crime for this podcast. He is the COO of Snow from Glacier Snow Management in the temperate and tropical climate of Fargo, North Dakota. He's guaranteed to probably be wearing a flannel shirt right now, Mr. Jeremy Lindstrom. What is up, brother? Hey, Steve. How's it going, bud? Going yep, well. Uh, going no well. flannel on today. No flannel today, but yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're getting through it. You guys were pushing what, yesterday? Yep. Yesterday, we finished up yesterday morning. We had a quick little three quarters of an inch of snow, so we went out and cleared that up and played with the wind for a while. And uh, yeah, got it all done. Put it away for the weekend, hopefully. <laughs> Very cool. Wind is something we don't really have to deal with with snow too much here in the Northeast. It's usually very wet, very heavy, where you guys got like talcum powder blowing around. Oh, yeah. yeah the, wind, the wind makes us a lot of money here. So, Yes, sir. <laughs> so if you guys out there don't know or haven't heard of Jeremy, you haven't followed him on Instagram or TikTok or uh, haven't heard of Glacier Snow, then you probably don't plow snow and you may have tuned into this by mistake. But uh, that's okay because you're here and so are we. So uh, let's see what we can do with this thing. Um, so me and Jeremy wanted to talk to you before we get into our guest for today, which we're pretty excited about. Since this is our first episode, there's a, just a few things to talk about just to get you familiar with the show and what our plan is. And uh, to start off, parental advisory. All right. Me and Jeremy are both big ball breakers. We like to joke around, have a good time. Uh, so nothing here is... Uh, to offend anybody it's just for fun just for laughs all right so no hurt feelings here you agree with that brother oh for sure yep a lot of uh a lot of bullshit going on i guess so absolutely um so why did jeremy and i decide to do this well basically it's for you guys out there the snow fighters the snow removal professionals out there who just like jeremy and me could talk snow 24 hours a day 365 days a year and never get tired of it. Um, with Jeremy and I, you have both ends of the commercial snow removal spectrum. All right. One of us is what I would call a very big guy. And one of us is what I would call a much smaller guy. I don't think we need to explain who is who. <laughs> but, uh, uh, maybe for my friend in Jersey there, Mr. Native Snow, I'll explain it slowly. I am the smaller guy. All right. Jeremy is uh, on a different level than most of us here, right? What are you running now? How many how many pieces of equipment at Glacier? Uh, well, subcontractors and stuff, we're probably running. I think it's around 135, 138 out per push, I guess. But we have about uh, 38 loaders in-house. And what do we got? 11 sidewalk machines. And, you know, so, yeah. A lot of subs. <laughs> subs, subs make us – subs are big uh, – I, I don't know what to say. Sub – Subcontractors are a huge part of our business as well. So, you know, help us get a lot more cons. We don't have to get as much as equipment. And so, yeah, you got to have good subs to Absolutely. make this ball go around up here anyway. So, Absolutely. But, you know, that's how me and Jeremy hooked up because I love to pick guys' brains about how they do what they do in their markets. And me and Jeremy got talking last week and said, boy, we should maybe do a podcast and introduce companies to other companies and see how they do what they do and and uh see what we can do with this see if the response has been overwhelmingly positive we've had a lot of uh people asking about it and one of you guys laying something down so uh we're happy to do this got anything else jeremy before we bring in our special guest no i'm just uh, like you said i think we want to just kind of have fun with the show and uh just talk to a lot of different guys across the u.s and or wherever honestly Canada, U.S. Canada. World. I don't know. We got. I got guys following me all over the place. So I mean, it's it'd be kind of fun to hear how people do it everywhere else and what their markets are. And everybody's market is different. So I don't know. I think we can all learn a little bit from each other. Or at least give each other a lot of shit. So that's <laughs> what it's all about. Got to have fun with it. So it's a hundred percent right. Like nothing, no one thing is going to work for every company across this country. So if if we have a guest on, he tells you twenty five things that that he does for his company and you could take one thing away from that and make it work for your company successfully, then it's a win. Uh, but nobody has the magic bullet. Nobody knows, you know, what's right for everybody else. And there's no one way to do it. So however you do it for your companies out there, keep doing it because you're obviously doing well. All right. So the other thing I wanted to stress, we are not professional podcasters. We are barely internet dudes. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, what? I just had, I just did. Well, one of us is. Um, how long did it take us to fire this up this morning? Uh, I would say we're not professional podcasters. Um, oh, sure, not podcasters, but yeah, I, I think uh, so. Instagram, TikTok. Yes, one of us is very skilled with uh, Instagram and TikTok and is tutoring the other one of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. So let's uh, let's welcome in our inaugural guest. And again, for you guys in Jersey, inaugural means first. Uh, it's Mr. James Doyle from Innovative Lawn and Landscaping in Litchfield County, Connecticut. What's up, brother? Steve, how you doing, man? Jeremy, how's it going? Hey, James. How's it going, doing buddy? Good. good, good. Thanks for having me on. So obviously, buddy, you're not plowing any snow because I'm not plowing any snow. We're in quite a drought here. How are you dealing no. with that? No, sir. It's been a uh, it's been a tough tough start to the winter. What we thought was going to be a uh, pretty active weather pattern from the farmers' almanac to the to the news stations blowing it out of proportion in November with the first snowfall, the first week of November, and you know we were racing to get you know our salt bins cleaned out and first loads in you know end of October, first week of November. We thought it was going to be pretty busy, and we were getting pumped and you know new machines on order and this and that, and it. Uh, kind of kind of just backfired we had a couple little tiny i think we're at like three inches of snow so far this year total pushed a couple like half inch and like just coatings man just dust things nothing nothing crazy um so we've been doing a lot of shop maintenance and just trying to keep busy and uh we started a couple couple like winter you know mild winter projects i always try to keep a couple of some tree work and some clearing and stuff anything that we can do when the ground's frozen or not you know just whenever there's no snow on the ground um just kind of keep us busy but we're slowly but surely running out of that stuff. There's not much maintenance to do left. We have some major maintenance to do, but obviously that, that requires some major funds. Um, and unfortunately, when the winters are mild, you got to kind of pick your battles as far as what you're going to fix because you don't want to go into the spring with no money. So uh, we got some <laughs> seasonal-based accounts. I think we'll probably get into that later on during the road here in the podcast. But, you know, we got some, we got a, a couple checks coming in to help float the overhead and stuff like that. But, you know, a couple, a couple bangers would be nice at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can't all be living in Fargo right now in the snow belt. Guys <laughs> hogging it all. We've yeah, we've had a decent year, a good start to the year. I don't know what thirty inches I think we're right at, but we've missed quite a few of the city's got I think they got like over fifty down there, so they're getting bigger ones than we are. But I'm not complaining. Obviously you guys are struggling out there in the drought, but yeah, I don't know what you said earlier, James. did you say that the weathermen um were lying? They're boys up out of proportion. Weird. Yeah. Never yeah. Happens. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Are, yeah. <laughs> you guys are too hard on weathermen. 90% of the time, they're usually right. 10% of the, it's like my wife. 90% of the time, I can predict her behavior. 10% of the time, it's going to be off the rails. You can't predict it. Right. But, uh, they do what they can do. The models are crazy. If you watch the models, they're just, they're not doing things that they normally do in the winter, acting a little, uh, little wild right now but yeah there's always february in uh the early part of march for us in uh, the northeast there james so we still got some time absolutely all right so james why don't you tell us about innovative you've built an impressive company in a relatively short time and uh why don't you tell us you know as far as snow goes in your market what do you guys predominantly service are you more residential commercial hoas industrial yeah so i mean we're um <laughs> we're nothing special. We're nothing, we're nothing huge. We're nothing like crazy out of the ordinary. I'm just the same guy working in the same, uh, on the same path, just at a different point, you know, further ahead of some behind some others. Like it just, um, we're nothing special. I just get, let's get that out of the way. Um, but yeah, just extreme dedication has gotten us to, you know, uh, the point that we're at in the path right now. Um, it's the market, as far as the market goes, we're, um, primarily HOA and commercial. So we do uh, a handful of HOAs, meaning smaller, you know, smaller to mid-sized condo associations, anywhere from 30 units to 150 units. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, our, on average, it's, you know, a thousand people living in a, you know, a, a decent size, maybe 800 um, on, on our larger ones. So there's some traffic in and out of them. There's some work, a lot of detail work, a lot of sidewalk work. The biggest thing in our market here with, with those going after those, I've always tried to be kind of like domination by zip code or domination by a, a small sector. Um, I never really, and again, for me, that's what works for me and what my comfort levels are. We tried to do a lot of the out of town stuff and going, you know, 25, 30 minutes in a snowstorm. Now that takes 45 minutes to an hour uh, without any breakdown. So we're, you know, dominating kind of this area 
that's really all there is. There's not a lot of major, um, there's not a lot of major commercial stuff. We have a Walmart, a Target, and a Home Depot, um, all been locked in by the same contractors for multiple years. So, um, again, not to say that that's not something that's, you know, on the horizon, maybe, you know, my goal is, you know, I got crazy goals and people laugh at me, but you know, my goal is to have five F five fifties with salt trucks and a couple plows to just back up, but have loaders and, and, you know, skid steers and stuff ever since we implemented the, you know, our, our nine Oh seven and plowing with a two fifty nine and, you know, getting a couple of rental machines. Like it just, the equipment based snow removal is so much easier, so much more efficient. Um, you know, it's easier to throw a guy in a skid loader that can spin around 360s, not backing up through parking lots. It's just, it eliminates a lot of the room for error, at least for me and my comfort levels. Um, you know, and then just to top it off, you know, after I shot out and, you know, I hooked up with Jeremy a couple of years ago and we kept in touch We met at GIE, you know, he's like, Hey, come out and check out the operation. I flew out there last year, jumped in a loader. And I mean, it just, just seeing the opportunity of advancement and what you can really handle and the, the quality that you could put out. Um, and the responsiveness, you know, um, with the right stuff in place, obviously the organization and the tablets, it's more than just buying a loader, but, um, you know, that's, that's kind of our goal. It's, but it's tough in our market. You know, we don't have a lot of, um, the same accounts, you know, I drove seven miles on a loader to go to 52nd Ave or whatever it was to go plow a Walmart for Jeremy. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I could never, I could never drive that far. We could, but the, the, the terrain is so much different. You know, we have, we have two way radios and in, in all the trucks and the, and the pieces of equipment. And if I'm more than a mile away or two miles away, it's more for like when three pieces are on the same site, those guys can talk to each other because it's not all flat. I mean, elevation change from my shop to our, our highest account is, you know, you're talking two inches of snow up there and rain at our shop. So it's, it, it, it creates a huge challenge um, when it comes to certain stuff, but yeah, I mean, primarily, like I said, that's our market where we don't do any residentials. I think we do three or four just for some uh, that are tied in with some of the commercials, whether the the CEOs or the owners of the places that we take care of. We kind of just, you know, we want to secure that um, investment and that relationship just by offering a full year round service for not only their snow work, but we do their property maintenance. So um, it kind of ties all in together. It's just, it's just hard because there's a lot more tediousness that goes into it. Um, and in our market, we're trying to we're trying to go after the commercial stuff and those bigger condos and, and whatnot. So that that's kind of the the outlook as far as the market and kind of what we're going after. So hundred percent, hundred percent, great answer, great answer. Now, I have not been out to Glacier yet to plow with them. I've been invited, but it's a little tough to uh, plan a trip with so many things going on. Now, when you were out there, James, you know how was that? Did you have your oversized permit? When you're rolling down the uh, the avenue there, for, for for an operation as impressive as it is, I didn't have a pink piece of paper in my back window, and that's a huge no-no. We found out, so yeah, no, that we did we did not have that. that was, we quickly talked our way out of it. Yeah, we did talk. He looked at me like I had six heads when I handed him a Connecticut driver's license and told him that I was here to plow snow, and he was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "I'm just here to plow snow. I just flew out two days ago." He's like, huh. "He was like, I'll be right back with you." That's funny. Uh, yeah, that was good times. I can't believe he. Yeah, yeah, that's Fargo PD for you. But yeah, <laughs> he picked you out of what seven, eight loaders down the road, and I was like, it's like, oh shit, that's we just got that one. That was we picked it up like the day before. I think you got there, and uh, it was just a rental. So uh, yeah, but whatever. I, we like you said, we talked our way out of it and uh, moved on. I guess, but at least it makes a good story. <laughs> Adapt Absolutely. and overcome. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes a great sure. story. It makes an absolutely great story. Uh, James, how long has Innovative been in business? What, eight so years? I, so I jumped in, uh, no, just celebrated six years. Uh, January 11th was the date I filed my entity. Um, and that was uh, six years this year. So we're, um, yeah, we're, we're running. The first year I actually didn't do snow, believe it or not. The first year I was fully up and legit. I was still working, uh, I was still working my full-time job in the union with the local contractor here in town. And I was still doing snow with him. I was like, I'm never going to do snow. And it just got to the point um, to kind of jump into, you know, another question of, you know, kind of how, where we got, where we are. Um, I just kind of jumped in and I was like, we're, we're losing a lot. After the first year we were bidding on a lot of these condo um, condo associations and commercial properties. And they, they wanted to secure one vendor. And I was like, it's, it's a harder sell, which, you know, don't get me wrong. We still do have, multiple um, properties and associations that they have a separate winter service provider that I'm not doing. And we kind of like those because we could take on extra work, right? If we don't finish it on a Tuesday, we can jump onto it on a Wednesday for that, you know, 
seasonal work. Whereas in the winter time, it's not like you have to, whatever you bite off, you got to be able to chew it, so to speak. So um, it's nice having those extra accounts that we don't have to worry about doing the snow work because I can take those on without adding any additional staff for the spring, summer and fall work. Whereas if we were doing the snow work there, I'd probably need another five to eight guys between plowing and labor. So um, they're very, very labor intensive and we don't have 3,000, 4,000 series John Deere tractors with brooms on them as much as that would be terrific. <laughs> we just don't, we don't have it. We, you know, um, and I, I'm not going to jump down the question list, but you know, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's great. It's very, it's very labor intensive on some of those things. And so we've kind of just jumped into, uh, just going after anything and everything we can in the area for snow work wise. I try not to step on other guys' toes just cause you know, it's a small town and small city and, you know, I respect the other guys that have been around for a while. Um, you know, but when something comes up, you know, a lot of us help each other out and most of us have respect for each other. Whereas, Hey, you know, are you still taking care of that place? You know, I'm not going to jump on your toes and, you know, I respect it. It goes a long way. Cause, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of seats at the table and, you know, you can't eat, you know, I, I heard this saying one day from somebody, I forget who it was, but you can't eat steak and lobster every night. You get sick of it, you know, and it's, it's true. You know, you can't win every job. You can't have all the best jobs, you know, let, let everybody else get a piece of the pie and, you know, um, I don't know that that's my outlook. It might not be everybody else's, but that's the way I look at it. So no, there's definitely enough to go around. That's for sure. Yeah. We find that too around here, the medical facilities, the doctors, the lawyers, legal offices, stuff like that. They only want to hire one vendor. So you're kind of, if you want the snow, you got to be able to offer them everything else. Cause or they vice really versa. If you want the exactly. landscaping, you got to be able to do the snow. And that's like some of them, I, I hate it. I, it sucks because I'm like, I want to bid on it. But I'm like, I just don't want the snow work because it's just only so much, you know, 90% of our labor work is labor. It's not, it's not standing gotcha. on a sidewalk machine. It's not standing on a sidewalk machine. Um, there's just, just the infrastructure here, a lot of small 36 inch sidewalks that turn and go twist and go down to a set of staircases. It, it all goes into the terrain, right? I mean, everything, 100%. a lot of our associations are built on Hills. It's just, you can't even use the, you know, we use the SSVs and half of half of the place we can't even use them. The guys, I buy boxes and boxes of shovels and they're just, they go through them every storm, yeah. a lot of shoveling. Well, that's important there because in the Northeast, we have a lot of older infrastructure and 36 inch sidewalks in a lot of places are considered wide. You know, mm -hmm. they're just, they're older, so they're not grandfathered in, or they're, they are grandfathered in, and they're not 50, some of them, 60 Steve, we got, we got some of them old 24-inch asphalt sidewalks that they're just, they're just God. so narrow. Like, you can't even, like, God forbid you're walking past somebody else walking into the building with a bag of groceries. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you got to step over on the grass, let them walk by, and then, you know, share the sidewalk, so to speak. Just crazy. It just, it's, it's wild just going back to the whole visit in Fargo, like, just totally different, um, different market, different, you know, infrastructure. A lot things are a lot more up to date. You know, when they do five foot sidewalks, they do five foot sidewalk. When they do <laughs> curbs, they do the nice rollover curbs so you can push your snow. Like who would ever thought that would be an you know a convenience factor? Here they they don't even and you know I'm not a paving guy, but like here most of these guys they're just when they're doing a two course pave, they're not even putting the curbing on the binder and then doing the top coat to lock it in. They're just putting the curb right on top of the top coat. And guess what? Guess what? Innovative so touch it. in a two foot snowstorm. You know yep. what I mean? It's just like. And then they, so and then they get mad when you don't plow, they, you don't plow the stuff up far enough. And we're like, all right, well, you have curbs that were just put in in November because you waited till the end of the year for a budget. And I'm not going to blow the curbs off and have to pay for it myself. So it's, just, it's tough, but that's in the Northeast. That's the mentality here. They don't think about snow. Um, I always joke with a lot of the people that, that I'm talking to as far as property managers. I'm like, who designed this place? A guy that lives in California, an architect, like, did he ever see the site? Like, why do we have 36 islands in the middle of this parking lot? Like it's hard. It's so hard to you know maneuver. Absolutely but. correct. I, I've, I've been through that. A friend of mine in Jersey sends me overheads of a couple complexes that he was thinking about or he was asked to bid on. And I'm looking at the overhead and I'm like, dude, you have no place to put snow anywhere in this. You're going to have to truck yeah. it out on a two inch storm. You're going to have to spend a day and a half trucking it out. So make sure you, you build them. I will that. say though, that. I know guys in Jersey, I know guys in Jersey and they pay like down there, they pay. Like they, have they don't care. Like they just, it's, it's just wild. Like I was talking to a guy um, that has a big, you know, long distance contract, you know, I'm not going to get into names and places, but you know, he's got, he's got sites from here all up and down the East coast. And like he, what they pay for one of those facilities here in Connecticut is a quarter of what they pay for the same size place, if not smaller in Jersey. He's like, so I just take them. He goes, cause I make it up. Yeah, it's just absolutely. wild. 
wild. Yeah, when I when I watch Jeremy hauling for three, four days after a storm, that that's not something. I mean, I don't know how it is in Connecticut, but that in my market, that's not something. Hauling snow is not something that's done. We have plenty of places to pile it <laughs> usually, and they just let it melt. And to touch on that, melt. to touch on that, it's like we. I, I I heard it. I think it was either. I think it was on the uh, the Dirtbags podcast. Jeremy, you were saying like some of these parking lots are are wide open too, right? I'm like. They're like, why are you, why are you taking it? Like you have a big wide open parking lot and you just let it melt. They don't want to look at the piles. Like we have places that I have to convince them. They've lost 15 parking spots in a small, and I'm like, do you want to get rid of this? Because once it freezes, we can't push it any further, like haul it out. Like there's no, and Jeremy, here's Jeremy hauling for four or five days in a wide open parking lot on the other side. They haven't lost any parking, nothing. I'm just like, they just out there. There's, I think there's, and again, it's with the markets. It changes. I think they just have a different mentality on it and the understanding of, Hey, we're going to budget for this. This is what it costs to do it. 100%. Yeah, they wanna, a lot of our guys want to move it. Just, I mean, a lot of these retail places, they get pretty busy. A lot of cars, you know, so they, they don't want to lose any spots. And like we hauled, uh, we, we hauled Walmart last week. We hadn't hauled Walmart for probably 10 years, but their lot was getting pretty full here. So they, you know, they gave us a budget. We had to stick to it and hauled it out. And I had a lot of people messing, why are you hauling that big parking lot? I'm like, well, number one, if the customer wants it, we're going to haul it. You know, they're like, why wouldn't you just leave it there and melt? Like, why would I make money? We're going to make money. <laughs> exactly. I was like, why would you yeah. turn down any, any, we're here to make money. I mean, it's the, the customer wants it done. We're going to go do it. I mean, it's crazy. Like that. Right. So a, lot, a lot of these questions is like, it's like, you know, what we do, everything we do is because the customer wants it. We don't just make stuff up. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> I just don't, a lot of these questions I get on a day-to-day basis is like, why are you guys doing it? Well, that's because, we're, that's what we're hired to do. That's we're in the business right. to make sure. And yeah. our, as you all know, the cost of business is outrageous and equipment and manpower and everything like that. So we, you know, we, we need to make a lot of money. I mean, like I, I remember back uh, Lucas from Arctic, he told me, he's like, we're not in the business, to make a little money. We're in the business, to make a lot of money for, I mean, just for all of our costs, our costs are outrageous. Through I mean, the roof. Equipment costs, the roof. manpower, insurance, fuel. It's, you all know, it's crazy. Absolutely. It's so, yeah. And everybody wants to spend less and less on snow. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's it's snow's like thought. Yeah. Snow doesn't even matter. Most people, nobody thinks about it. And they, you know, they'll pay why, whatever. Why invest so much? It's just going to melt. Exactly. $15,000 slip and fall. Bingo. Yeah. Until they get sued. Then they're all about it. They don't have a problem going to grocery store paying whatever for milk and eggs, but if we want to you know, put our uh, price up a little bit, you get hammered on it. So it's like, well, yeah. everything else goes up. Why are we going up? So, And there's always somebody willing to do it cheaper. Oh, that's that's the problem we have. Yeah, yeah for huge, sure. Huge problem. So, James, we got some custom uh, – we got some questions from uh, guys out there that uh, – Want to know in your market what is your contract structure mostly? Is it seasonal? Is it hourly per push? Yeah, no. Um, excuse me. Yeah, so we don't do any um, do very very minimal hourly stuff. Um, you know, and I don't know. I've just always been around the hourly rewards the lazy, but after going to Fargo, it's definitely not the case. Maybe in some <laughs> situations, um, but no. Most of our stuff. Um, it's a good blend of like per push per salting. Like, so on like a, a per application, we call it per push per salting per shoveling. So it's almost like a per time. Um, we don't do a lot of the thresholds, the zero to one, one to three, three to six, just because um, some people want it. We have one state, state of Connecticut contract like that. And it's just tough because I'm constantly arguing with them, even with a provided weather service, you know, certified totals, you know, one end of town, like I was telling you, the, the, sides of town will have a half an inch of snow and then the other sides of town will have four to six inches of snow um so it just that kind of they call it per threshold kind of is is a little bit tough and um you're still covering the same amount of ground the entire if you're if you're plowing the entire same square footage of a parking lot in my mind at least i could plow one inch of snow as fast as i could plow four inches of snow right so and Absolutely. we're gonna be there every we're, we're there every one to three inches, every couple inches. So if we're constantly on it, we're doing the same amount of work each time. Obviously in a blizzard, we have blizzard clauses and stuff like that in our contracts where we could charge some more for the extra added efforts and extra equipment, manpower, whatever. But um, 
90% of our stuff has always been seasonal this year um, alone. I switched out a little bit, you know, meaning by seasonal, um, you know, we have a set fixed month, uh, you know, seasonal rate divided over five monthly payments starts November 1st, ends March 1st, um, due on the 15th of each month. So it's five equal payments that gets us up to a certain, um, a certain average snowfall that we call it. Um, some of them have clauses in them that, you know, you have a snow cap, some of them don't. Um, I kind of just take the risk because of the winters that we've had here. Um, but they won't sign with you if you say, Hey, I'm going to give you a 40 inch cap. And then they say, well, what happened? You know, and then I got to pay more. And it's just, you know, and I, from a budget standpoint, I get it, but, um, it, and it's different, whoever you're working for. So like for us, and I'm not going to name sides of it, but when somebody that's making money and has to have their business open, they want to pay, right? It's, it's, sure. it's a value to them. Whereas somebody that looks at it as a cost, it's harder to, um, they're looking at it as, at as, as a cost, not an investment because they're not necessarily making any money there as if it was a business. So the businesses definitely see the value in it. Like some of the per saltings and per pushes, they don't care. They've called me seven times for three inches of snow, like specifically last year, obviously not this year, you know, I was salting a couple of our factories four or five times in a day. Well, we have shift change at 11. Oh, well, they're out at two. And I'm like, well, we just salted two hours ago. Um, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. Um, that's what the, that's their main priority. They don't want they don't want a workman's comp claim. They don't want you know a, a somebody coming in you know outside of, you know outside vendor or party coming in for whatever and slipping and falling. So um, we're having to trudge through more than an inch of snow. So you know they understand the investment side of it. Um, so a lot of our stuff, like I said, we we used to be more seasonal. We're I want to say like seventy thirty, so seventy percent seasonal. But a couple of years ago, I got kind of screwed where we were. Um, we we're working a lot and couldn't charge anymore. And so as mm -hmm. we grew, invested in the loader, I invested in a couple rental machines, you know, add a little bit more to the, the fleet each year to the point where, all right, now we could take on some of those bigger accounts that want to be a per push per salting to where like when it snows, now we're making good money. Um, sure. We can hammer it out and, you know, we could charge a thousand dollars per time to come in or 800 bucks per time, whatever the size of the site is. Um, you know, and we could bill them four times to plow it in a six inch storm, you know, every two inches, whatever, you know, eight inch storm. So that's kind of the way we are now. We kind of reversed it. So we have 70% <laughs> per push and 30% seasonal. I've always tried to structure it to try to keep whatever overhead we have at that point in time in the year. Um, I don't buy anything unless it's covered by our guaranteed income. So whatever we have coming in for monthly cost, you know, budgeted, um, whether that's spring, summer, fall, and tied into winter, like I won't buy a piece of equipment, I won't buy a loader unless our guaranteed maintenance, which is snow and lawn, spring and fall cleanups cover it. So all the extra project work and all that stuff is kind of money in the bank and gravy to me. Um, so it's just kind of an added extra. So it kind of work our budget, which we're trying to fix a little bit more. We're working with Synced Up now. We just jumped on with them. Shout out to Synced Up. Um, Wes is going to help us really figure out our budget and get everything dialed in so our projects are good, our maintenance is in line, um, we can figure out track man hours, and it, it ties in good with snow, and that's really why I wanted to plug it, because um, there's, a good app, there's a good feature within the mobile app. I mean, they can check into a site, figure out how many man hours there, hey, the shovel crew's there with three guys, two vent tracks, and it took them 25 minutes, pictures of the site auto documentation right into a folder. So, I mean, it's um, that's kind of the selling point for me because it helped me with not only the snow side of things, but the maintenance side too. So it's going to help on at least what we have going on for the, for the snow stuff um, and tie into year round. It's good for the, for the project side of the business too. So awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Make that's sure you send that, me that link. On that, that sounds great. That yeah, sounds I will. Great. Yeah, definitely. I gotta wait till I get my promotional link though, so I get the uh, I get the kickback. There you go. <laughs> so I actually have a question for both of you guys. Now, do you feel that you have to educate potential customers about what you can do for them based on what they've experienced in the past? And if so, how do you guys go about it? Because I know we do, and we have a whole program that if they're willing to accept a bid proposal meeting, we sit down with them. We have a whole PowerPoint we go through to educate them. But do you guys find that, that it, it definitely is a needed thing where they don't actually know what they need or what you can do for them until you tell them? Um, Jeremy, we, we definitely, uh, we'll definitely go to meetings and with the client. And like you say, we'll, we'll have a PowerPoint if that's what they want us to bring. But for the most part, I mean, we just kind of sell, sell our business on what we can do for them and, Honest, honestly, we got a pretty good name in this town. Everybody knows what we can do. And, you know, we do a lot of the bigger stuff. So we're kind of kind of big fish in, in the pond here. So people know people know Glacier, what Glacier's going to do. Oh. 
James. <laughs> let, me, let me back up here. <laughs> oh, no, you know, it is, it is what it it's is. A big it's, shadow. We, it's a big we, shadow. It's not like we just started. We've been in business for what, 25 years. So it's, yeah. I mean, we've grown quite a bit. And uh, Absolutely. people are yeah, calling, you're at the point where people are calling you for a reason. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll see, they'll see, we'll say, hey, there's a lot next to ours. And they'll say, we want that. What that lot has, we want. So they'll, they'll know Glacier does it. So they'll call us next year and want us to do the lot. And, it, you know, if it fits what we want, we'll take it on. We don't really, we don't ever really see, it doesn't seem like we ever turn down work. We always kind of, uh, we, we've talked figure it about, out. Yeah, we just, we got, you got to figure it out because you don't want to leave money on the table and, you know, have a good winter or a bad winter. It's, uh, some winters are slow. So you got to make up when the, when we have good winters here, we just, just uh, have to bite down and get after it. But yeah, as far as, uh, yeah, we will sell ourselves if we need to. We, you know, we'll go into our, our, our salting program and our, we broom lots now and, you know, we're, we're always on top of everything. We go, we go out and, you know, we've been out a lot this year. We've got 30 inches. We've been out, I think, 20 times full pushes in 30 inches. That tells you, and we have a lot of under-inch stuff. You know, Screw uh, you, uh, 30 <laughs> inches. I think we got eight right now. I think it but it's uh, eight. We just, you know, that's what we, we sell on our service, our service and what we can do. So, Absolutely. For us, for it's itself. totally different. It's um, – I think for me, just because we're kind of new in the business a little bit, you know, we are, we're, we're new. It's only been, you know, I've been doing it for 12 years, you know, six years underneath another guy, six years underneath myself, um, you know, but that's all I've ever done is kind of commercial snow. We haven't really, I, I didn't do a lot of driveway plowing. Honestly, if somebody asked me, hey, you know, can you help me out and give me some advice on doing residential? I wouldn't know the first thing to tell them. Honestly, like I would know how to plow the driveway, but like I wouldn't be able to help with route optimization or what the best truck, you know, obviously I could get an idea, but for us, like, I think a lot of it, I always struggle with somebody handing me uh, a bid proposal and saying, here's our snow specs. Here's how we want you to do it. And to be honest with you, I'm getting to the point where I don't tell, you know, and I actually talked to a guy the other day, somebody that called, it was a, it was a we had a dusting. Half of the parking lot I could still see. The storm was already over. It was still blacktop and 90% of the parking lot. And the facilities directors called me. He's like, you know, I just want to know if you guys are going to pre-sell. I said, have you been to your facility yet today? He said, no. He said, I salted it. I pre-salted at 5.30 this morning. He goes, well, I wasn't there. I don't get in until 7. I said, exactly. I said, so it was already done. I said, and that's like me with all due respect. You know, I was very nice to him, but I mean, after we're on a five-year contract, this is our fifth year with it. Um, it's, a, it's a state-run facility. And I just told him, I said, I don't tell you guys how to run your facility. I said, we're not invested in all this equipment because we're lucky. It's because this is <laughs> yes, the business that exactly. I want to do. You know, I told him, I said, I don't have a couple, you know, a, a, a few loaders and trucks and this and guys and all the equipment just because we want to do it as a hobby. Like, this is what we're doing. Like, this is the investment that we're making. Let us do the job. And if there's corrective criticism afterwards, it's just, it's getting to the point where people want to be the teacher and tell you how to do your job. And it's like, I don't go into a, I don't go into a restaurant and say, Hey, I'm going to tell you how to, how to load up my, my, uh, my steak with mashed potato. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just, it, it just gets irritating. So from that standpoint, it, it kills me because of, uh, and specifically with some of the HOAs and stuff like that, you know, the, the property managers, they, they're also hiring a painter. They're also hiring, you know, uh, a, a cable communications guy to come in and fix the internet. Like, it's just, it's hard. They're like, oh, we want you to plow every, you know, trigger pull at two inches to come in and plow at two inches. And I heard Jeremy talk about this the other day. It's like, they're calling me at an eighth of an inch of snow saying people can't get up the hill. And so then why do you put two inches in your contract? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you want me to tell you how to do it? Or do you want, you know, because if it's me, I'm going to tell you we're going to pre-salt. You're going to get charged to pre-salt. It's going to give you traction and it's, you know what I mean? You're, there's going to be minimal snow accumulation the first inch. And then we're going to be able to get there at, you know, a half inch to an inch, start scraping it off. The salt's going to last longer because there's still going to be residual brine on the ground. That's going to, you know, it's not going to build up yeah. as fast. Now we're letting salt sit underneath two inches of snow. And you're calling me, telling me that the FedEx delivery guy that, or the Uber driver that doesn't have snow tires on his car is pulling into a site that's like this on a hill. And it just yeah. doesn't work that way. I mean, um, so for me, it's been a, a lot of frustration where and a lot of it has to do with the age. I always joke around our biggest association. They didn't give it to me the first two years because they said I was too young. And I said that there's a thing for that. It's called ageism. That's like me telling you that you're too old to be on the board of directors to make a decision. Like they didn't think that we had the experience or the yeah. confidence. And I just and now we're the only one that's kept it longer than one year consecutively. We've had the place for four years. 
because we're, we're you know we've been the best that they've had in a while. So you guys are doing it right. Yeah, you're doing it right out there. So how, what are your feelings and and do you use subs at all in snow? So for me, um, we are 100% self-performed. Um, so are we. We don't. Yeah, we don't do we don't do any sub work. Um, I have guys that call us and ask us all the time. Um, it might get to a point where we do it, but honestly, our our route density is so tight, and um, the places that we have, even if like a skid needs help, like on a roadway or something, and a big storm, it's fast for a truck to run over there, blast out the main roadways, and then or you know we call them the inlets. You know they're doing the inlets and the cul-de-sacs and stuff in the associations. That's what the skids are doing. Um, you know we have a couple sites that the, their skids specifically just stage there, and then we have a couple machines that leave from our shop. Uh, which is right on main street. And we kind of just go down main street, South main, East main. And it, it's just a nice, it's a nice flow. Um, but we haven't really had to dabble in the idea of subs. Um, I don't think we will anytime soon, but unless we like take on something, but uh, then again, it, it's hard enough for me to find guys to take the business seriously. Never mind hiring somebody that I don't know, or, you know, and then I now, now my reputation lies on them and, uh, Absolutely. Kind of, you know, getting back to the building, the business a short amount of time. I just, I was always told by a couple mentors and guys that are were in business that I listened to and just kind of shut my mouth when I was around them and just listened to what they had to say. Was you know you'll get far if you do what you say and say what you do. Um, something to that effect. So it's like when you say you're going to do something, just do it. Um, say you're going to be there at seven fifteen, be there at quarter to seven, not 100%. fifteen minutes later. So you know that's my worry with the subs. Jeremy's got it. Jeremy's got it locked in, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I just be worried about it specifically around me, but. I agree completely. I well, agree completely. Have, what do you got, Jeremy? Uh, How do you us, deal with it? Oh, without the, you know, we you got to have good subs, and we got to find you find good subs, and you got to trust them, and you have have them buy into what you're what you want them to do. And as far as I can, I mean, we have we have great subs for the most part. I mean, we don't really have any issues with them. <clears throat> if we do, we just talk them a little bit, and usually get straightened out. But it's, honestly, they know what kind of service we want to provide, and. Um, and they buy in, I guess. So, so like I say, I don't really have any problems. Great subs for us, and but you got to trust them. It's all about trust, and they gotta they gotta want to work for you too. So I think we, I think they want all want to work for us, and know they're gonna get paid, and they do a good job. So it's the way it works. Absolutely. So it doesn't always work for everybody, but I've heard a lot of horror stories on subbing too. But for us, so far, we've we've had good luck. So we treat them how they we want to be treated. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're in the same boat as James. We don't do subs, and I have a fatal flaw where I just cannot trust anybody will have the same attention to detail or the same quality attention as I will, and uh, that is a big, big problem I'm working on. But uh, it's just tough sometimes. Um, but James, what do you one got? More, Jay? One more thing, uh, like all of our subs too. I mean. They're working for us they their names out there too you know they're they got their name on the line as well so you know, they want to be respected or you know get get a credit and stuff like that too so our, our subs their name is on the line as well so that's so a good point your job you're going to be held accountable so they do a good job we do that you know we tell them how good they are too so it works both ways now with your subs jeremy because you do use them me and james do not um do they, do you tell them basically what you're willing to pay or do they come to you every year and basically tell you what their hourly is going to be this year? No, we give them an hourly rate. It's, it's the rate we're going to, we, we dictate what we're going to give them. I mean, we all know if you're on your own, you're going to make more money, but you know, a lot of guys don't want to go out and, you know, find the work and do all the other deal with the customers and stuff like that. So guys are just kind of, you know, they're busy with like, you get, you get are busy with landscaping or paving or whatever. Whatever they're doing in the off off snow season, they don't have time to go do this. So that's why they want to come work for us. So all they have to do is wait for a phone call and uh, do the work and get paid. You don't have to do any of the, I guess, I don't say hard stuff, but you don't have to do all, any of the, I don't know, you know how to word the it. The pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's best, yeah. That's the best way to put it. The all, pain the headaches, in the ass all the headaches of the absolutely such. James, what do you feel are the biggest problems to deal with in snow in your market as far as the industry goes? Biggest problems? Definitely the first biggest problem is the labor, um, you know, finding the help for the labor. Um, and I, you know, I tell everybody, you know, we reiterate, reiterate the fact 
kind of mid season. And, you know, if we're, if we're, you know, having a busy season, we just kind of try to lock it in everybody's head. Like the detail work, as we call it, is what everybody sees. It's not, they don't care how fast we plow the parking lot. They don't care how much salt we put down. They care about the fire hydrants, the dumpsters, the mailbox receptacles, and the sidewalks. That's all they care about. And 100%. Us, that's 90% of it. We're, we are probably 25% plowing, 75% labor with the, with the work that we have. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more favoring on the plowing, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to find the labor because nobody wants, you know, like I heard Jeremy say, you know, you, <laughs> you, you roll up to a shop, you see a bunch of trucks and machines, which, what do you, what do you want to do? You want to grab the shovels or do you want to grab the, you know, and the sidewalk machines, or you want to grab the, you know, a, a truck where you put your coffee in the cup holder and, you know. I don't know. It, it's tough, um, but that that's that's our biggest problem. And then just just the equipment, the equipment cost and stuff. It just it cost uh, an astronomical amount of money. And you know, I rented a bunch of stuff this year. We we did some snow win, uh, snow winter rentals from a local company, and um, that's kind of up and coming. And they're they're hammering it out. They got good rates and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's um, for this year. It kind of sucks because we're paying a monthly nut, and they're not making anything. But one of them loads salt at our shop, a loader, and uh, and shoots out from there. He's got a pusher. He goes out and uh, pushes a bunch of commercials right around the shop. So that, that way, anybody midstorm that needs something, he's close vicinity. And then uh, we got another skid up at another site, um, just to offset the cost of buying two machines. You know, you're talking sure. two hundred grand on buying those machines versus fifteen grand for the winter to rent. So I guess it's it outweighs itself. But you know, that's that's a big part of it. It's just making enough money just with the unpredictable season you know like last year we had 40 inches this year we're at three so it's yeah um it's hard and again it's all i guess it's all based around how your contracts are structured too and how you you know what you favor for contracts again i'm i don't really want to take on a bunch more seasonal contracts to bring more money in to up our budget so that we could cover the cost of a machine because guess what it goes right back to the other problem labor yeah, now you need absolutely. more labor to, to supply those sites for the labor portion of it so uh yeah i mean those would be my two biggest you know kind of hurdles that that i and the, the organization so I, i'm hoping that the crm software is going to help with that um everything will be uploaded and you know kind of just do some ipads in the trucks or you know samsung tablets um you know that's my goal this summer when we slow down a little bit in the summer or at least where i can delegate some of the easier work for guys to do without me there try to figure out all that stuff so next winter i'm hoping we're going to use it all year long but hoping by the middle of summer we'll really have everything dialed in and um going into the winter is going to be a breeze because we made seven or ten binders with <laughs> with all of our stuff in it and it's just the old school way and it works but it's just it's hard when guys are jamming out to try to get stuff done remember to fill out a piece of paper it's tough but 100 percent, 100 percent. what about you jeremy what do you feel the biggest problems are today with the uh, snow industry um i'd say same as james it's labor you know i always say we can you can have the biggest shiniest equipment and uh, pay the guys big money, but they still got to answer the phone call at two o'clock in the morning to come out and work. So, I mean, I mean, labor's tough. Everybody sees all the big loaders on my, on my Instagrams and TikToks and all that. But honestly, I don't show the sidewalk guys and stuff enough. Those guys, they have the hard work out there. Honestly, that's what we always pay. We'll pay our sidewalk guys more because, you know, they're doing, they're doing a lot of work out there. As far as sidewalk guys, at least for our area, when I tell my when we're hiring a sidewalk guy, I'm like, I'm not going to go out there and t- say, hey, you got to go out and shovel a block of snow. As far as our, shoveling our guys do, they'll shovel just in front of doors, and we got the machines that'll take the snow away from the doors. So these, it's not like they're going to shovel a ton. Like I know you guys got a lot of steps and a lot of narrow areas, but our guys just have to shovel front of doors, you know, fire doors. Um, what else do they move cart corrals and stuff like that. So it's, it's not like I always tell them, we go, we're going to pay you more money to shovel and stuff. than if you, you're going to run a big loader, you can run a sidewalk machine or just being a pickup with shovels. And, but you're not going to go shovel a block of snow. I, just, I, gotta, I always, I always tell me when I call you a shoveler, that's not exactly what you, I mean, yeah, you're going to shovel, but you're not going to, you know, yeah, be shoveling all night long. You're going to be, you're going to be a nice warm pickup for a lot of time. And, you know, you get out and, we're not usually hauling in the guys. So yeah, comes back to labor, labor's labor's in every market, I guess is the big thing. So I absolutely. Know. How about you, Steve? Uh, I have, 
I, I got to say, this was actually going to be the next question that they wanted to know about your crews. I have a great crew. I have a great bunch of guys. Uh, my number two has just as much attention to detail as I do, and it's great to be able to rely on somebody that I can have him checking properties, and he's going to see the same thing that I would. But I actually have guys that love doing the sidewalks and the finish work. They have the right equipment to do it well, and uh, they don't mind it. So uh, labor is always a problem, uh, but I kind of have a, a pool of guys that I can pick from, which is uh, nice and easy for me. Um, the, the one major problem I see is just guys underbidding by, you know, you, you lose a bid on $100,000 by 5%. Okay. But when you start getting underbid by twenty five thousand, there's four bids that are at a hundred between a hundred and a hundred and ten, and then you get a guy coming in. I'll do it for sixty. That's a problem because that contract is not going back up once they've got it for sixty. So you've just lowered that. I tell the story all the time about a facility around here. It's a gigantic industrial site, and when that first started in like two thousand, it was a one point two million dollar snow contract. I think it's down to like three hundred and forty or three hundred and fifty thousand now. Twenty two years later. And what have our costs gone? Our costs are up, what, two, 200% maybe in 22 years? You know, so uh, we got to stop doing that. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, – I think labor is definitely an issue. It's not as much of an issue for me. I seem to always be able to uh, to find guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, for me, it's the, the underbidding that uh, some guys are out there doing. But uh, So, James, tell me about your crew. Guys want to know about the innovative crew your guys funny stories good dudes yeah no everybody's good um <clears throat> austin's my main guy he uh kind of runs the show on the maintenance side of things everybody calls him the tall skinny guy <laughs> uh that's how he's known but very attentive to detail um worse than i am when it comes to you know he, he we bought heads sometimes when it comes to certain things and you know for the right reasons he he won't leave a site looking like shit you know he uh he does. To, he sometimes it gets frustrating when he's overdoing things three or four times, and we still got to go back there for you know, <laughs> detail work. If it's in the winter or fall cleanups, can't get every leave out, you know. But it, it, I kind of pick my battles with what I get irritated about. You know, he uh, it, it could be a lot worse. So you know, he he kind of runs the show when it comes to uh, the labor and all that stuff, calling shovelers, you know, figuring out how many guys we need based off what we're getting. Um, I try to do a lot of the organizing and who's going where and everybody pretty much this year, we've just figured out it's easier with the size of what we have going on to just everybody has a designated route. That way, if something goes wrong, we know who's, you know, who, who it kind of falls back on and trucks aren't crisscrossing each other and passing. And, you know, the biggest hurdle that we've found is um, the machines that are plowing, you know, need to have somebody salting behind them. For us, it just doesn't work out to have a dedicated salt truck go out and just salt behind them we kind of have to so we do have trucks crisscross and they're not necessarily going to plow a lot so it's pretty quick they just go in blast them out with salt they're done but um yeah so i got uh i think four four plow trucks four machines and then a full sidewalk crew so our sidewalk crew we do it a little different we have a crew cab pickup truck there's five guys that go in that two vent tracks um a bunch of single stage snow blowers pallet of ice melt pretty much in the bed and they just they hammer out everything like when we call the shovel crew there they hammer out everything and we kind of they go through they keep all of our businesses and stuff open the commercial places um and then we kind of work backwards once all the people in the associations uh, have left trucks are keeping the stuff open everybody leaves they're at work for the day we've now finished those businesses now we go into the places where they live because now that stuff's empty right so we try to get the stuff that's empty overnight finished up before 6 7 a.m then we shuffle over to, you know, we keep everything open and accessible. And then we shuffle over to doing detail work where everybody's gone for the day out of the association. So we got a good mix. It works out really well. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we run about 25 of us max, 25, 28 guys in a storm labor and, uh, labor and equipment and trucks. So it gets a little chaotic. The biggest hurdle that I have is just getting guys around. Um, it's cause we don't have enough trucks to really get everybody around. Uh, we make it work. A uh, couple dedicated guys will. A uh, couple dedicated guys will. Um, sorry about that. No, that's <laughs> me. That's me. That's my German Shepherd. Somebody must uh, just drove by. <laughs> yeah, no. So we have we have a couple dedicated guys that'll jump in and say, "Hey, I'll grab a couple guys and move them around if we need to." Um, but uh, again, all of our stuff's pretty close, so 
that's um, we have a couple extra guys that are just seasonal that just have their own skid that either work for another company or work for themselves and they come and run a machine for me. Um, you know, they have the good owner operator quality mentality. Um, so they know what we're really looking for. So I don't have to babysit them. We just send a shovel crew there and a salt truck, you know, maybe a truck to keep the roadways open or something, but that's about it. Um, we run a little bit lean, but for, for some of us, I, I don't know. It's, no, I think it's a good great. size right now. It's a great size. It's a great yeah. size. All right. So we're going to start wrapping this up, wrapping this up here. Uh, the, Biggest question, I think three different guys sent it in, was what lessons have you learned doing snow that you could possibly help somebody else with in this industry that's maybe just starting out? Lessons. Uh, don't overextend yourself when it comes to snow work. That's probably the number one lesson that I learned. Um, a little bit for me, but I'll give you the quick story on it. Um, two years ago, two years ago or three uh, I think it was 2020. Yeah. 2020, 2021, somewhere in that time frame. I think it was two years ago, but regardless, we did some sub work for another guy. Um, and again, most of our stuff were, were direct. There's no middle middleman. We're working for the management company, the owners, but there's no, like, we're not subbing for somebody else. Um, we're working direct. So we were working subbing for another company and, uh, we were overextended a little bit on our end. We had some stuff out of town, we had a dedicated account that we already had out of town and we were just looking to make it a little bit more enticing and make it more profitable, not just driving out for one account. So I picked up a little plaza and then I picked up two other associations for another guy um, subbing for him and I overextended myself way too much. Our first storm of the year was December 16th. It was a 17 inch snowstorm. Yep. What a wake up call. Um, nothing like a yep. first banger. Nothing like a first banger. So we uh, we went in guns blazing. Um, Casey, my skid steer, one of my skid steer operators out there, he's like, dude, he goes, there's no way I'm keeping up with this. He, this kid kept up with it. I mean, he plowed this entire place, never seen the place, massive townhouse community. Um, I staked it the morning of the storm. Like it just, it was, <laughs> it was uh, you know, it was wild. Austin was out there. I sent him out there, which really screwed me because I had nobody else from like the major quality control overseeing standpoint working with me in town. So it overextended myself as far as what I could handle, you know, fully on my own. And um, we just we ended up getting screwed financially. The guy was just kind of all over the place and um, he wasn't getting paid. So he couldn't pay us. And, you know, now I'm hearing from local guys that were out there They're like, Oh, you're doing this place. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm subbing for somebody else. And, um, it just, it became a disaster. So it was a good eye opener because we didn't really get screwed. We ended up getting paid everything. We got the work done. We actually ended up going to doing more work for this guy because it ties into the whole lesson. I saw how overextended this guy was. He was just, he had places all over the place. No help. He had a one pickup truck dedicated to an association, five towns. Like it just, it was ass. It was asinine. I was trailering my loader and, and skid loader, you know, all in one shot around Connecticut, plowing out these places for him. And I was like, this is exactly what you don't do. You don't take on a shit ton of seasonal work and pray for no snow. Because when you do that, Look what happens, especially places of that size. Um, so that was a, it was a huge eye opener um, that you really got to have your ducks in a row. You can't take on a lot because like I said earlier, it's, uh, you know, again, I don't know if we do it right. We do it right for what works for us, but what's right for the next guy is probably not right for me. It, the stars may align and we may see eye to eye on the way that they do things and the amount of equipment they have and whatever. But, um, and some people are just easier to adapt and able to take on a lot and figure it out and solve it. You know, I'm slowly doing it and figuring it out, but, um, I was just like, there's no way I could do it like that. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's just hard in the winter. You cannot say, Hey, we'll be there. We'll be there tomorrow. Sorry. Our guys are tired. So like, that's the biggest thing is I'm, Tuesday morning, the shit better be done. It's not like if you don't mow it on Tuesday, you just come Wednesday and push the schedule Absolutely. to Saturday. You can't you get do one it. shot. You get one shot. Yeah. At this. So it just, um, that that's, you know, that's always been my, like, kind of like, you know, my, somebody tugging on my chain, like, don't take on all that. Don't take, you know, there's just always something holding me back when I look at something else. I always have to, I have like this checklist I go through, like, can we handle it? How far away is it? What equipment do we need that we don't have? Is the contract going to support that investment if we need it or a rental or whatever? Um, and then what's the profit margins on it, you know, but, uh, yeah, so definitely don't overextend yourself. That's the biggest advice that I can get between equipment, you know, sizing of the place and, and personnel that you need. Don't do too much. Perfect. Jeremy, what about you? Any lessons you want to pass on that you guys have learned from 25 years in business? 
<laughs> pretty much what James says. Don't overextend yourself. But yeah, I mean, that's the key, right? I mean, that's the key. It's hard to it's it's hard to turn work down. We've I, we will overextend ourselves, but we always seem like to find a way to get it done. It's, you know, whether you break down break down at night or people don't show up, you don't have all the equipment full. I mean, it's just. Seems like we always get it done, like you say. You know, we only have you only have one shot. You have one shot to get it done overnight or whatever over the storm. So it's uh, you just gotta, you just have to get after it. And then somehow we, it always comes together in the end. At least for us, we'll we'll figure it out. You know, whatever you gotta do, you just you have to get it done because like <laughs> you, you only your customer doesn't care about if your guy didn't anything. come to work. Today. They don't yeah, care about anything. Care about All anything. Is that, that lot's done. And you got to get that lot done. Like James said earlier, it's about you want it. They don't care how good the lot's clean. They care if there's a little chunk of snow in front of their door or something that we forgot. You know, yep. that's what you're going to hear about. Yep. We don't ever get. How many compliments do you guys get a year from your clients for snow? You get many? Uh, many? We get maybe. We couple, frame. We do. Yeah, we we, we actually do. I get yeah. a couple of emails and say, hey, you guys, your, your loaner guy did a great job or something like that. That's like. It makes your day. It makes your month because it never happens. Nobody, nobody cares about us. We're just a ghost in the night. We usually get feedback from the property managers. Like we, we've had property managers call and say, "Listen, the board or whoever," because we do a couple apartments. They're very, very, very happy with uh, you guys. They after you know, you every store, great job. Uh, no, basically, you know, once a year, twice a year, they check in and. You know, yeah. anytime you talk, they're always usually having positive feedback, but you know, they're also not afraid to tell you when you miss something. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. We don't, I mean, we'll get a few compliments, but it doesn't, not that we need them, but it, it's nice when you get them. So sure. I mean, cause it's always nice. We make, I mean, we all know we make a lot of things happen and at night that people don't ever see or will ever see. So we own the night. We do. That's it. All right, James, anybody you want to plug, any shout-outs you want to give? Because we are about out of time here, brother. Um, not particularly. I see your phaser hat. Yeah, phaser, man. <laughs> Luke's, been, Luke's been a huge uh, huge help. Uh, Jeremy actually, you know, Jeremy hooked it up, man. He He's like, you got to talk to these guys. They're doing a podcast. And I think he actually told them to reach out to me. And, like, I've known Luke Payne for a while, you know, through Instagram and marketing and networking with other guys and whatnot. But kind of developed the whole relationship. And we did a podcast with them. Actually, we did a second one last night. And um, they, uh, you know, they did my mark, my, my website and stuff. And we're doing a lot of Google uh, Google AdWords and SEO stuff. And, yeah, they're, they're helping huge. So I think, you know, just like I said, going back to the – software and organization and working on the back end stuff this year along with the you know um kind of the marketing and the target you know i, th I think we're up for a good year and um we got some things in the pipeline that are that are pretty exciting that i'm kind of just keeping to myself not everybody wants to hear good news so not everybody supports the good news and that's a, a, a huge <laughs> piece of advice that i learned from somebody you know you don't you don't tell everybody your next move so we got nope. some cool stuff coming down the pipeline that we're excited about so good for you be, brother. Uh, it's gonna be a good year Good for you. Check James out. Check out the official Dirtbags podcast as well with uh, Luke. They do a nice job. They have Jeremy on there too. Go ahead, Jay. I was just going to ask uh, James what happened to your stash. Yeah, I got rid of it, man. <laughs> got rid of it. it uh, yeah, <laughs> I was doing the dry doing the dry January and the uh, no stash or the the stash January. It just got a little <laughs> irritating, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, yeah, um, right. yeah. It was it's Luke and Luke, Steve. Um, the two Lukes. Yeah, Luke Square. That's Luke what I thought Square. I said. The Lukes, but I might have messed that up. But yeah, check out their podcast. You can see both Jeremy and James on the official Dirtbags podcast. They're good dudes. Give them a listen. And I think that's about all we got time for today, boys. So uh, the next episode, we have spoken to a couple guys that are contractors in Buffalo that are going to come on and talk about that. Uh, what did they get? Some four to six feet of uh, snow on Christmas up there. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a once in a generation storm. And a lot of people are asking to hear about those stories. So uh, that's who uh, we're looking to bring on next week. But big thanks to James. Appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Like I said, we're we're just a small fish in the sea, but we like it. We enjoy it. It's fun. It's uh, it's a it's it's a good time. So thank you for uh, considering 
uh, letting me tell my story and talk some uh, talk some snow talk with you guys. Awesome, Jeremy. You got anything else? No, not at all. It uh, was a good good talk with James as always, and it's always fun to catch up and kind of stay in contact like we normally do. But yeah, sweet. Hopefully, you know, your weather turns around and you start seeing some Snapchats of you plowing snow. Yeah, absolutely. February is coming. February is coming. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. I hope the first episode wasn't too painful to listen to, and uh, we'll be back with you soon. And that is all. Keep pushing.